What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today, we have a very, very special guest located here in Miami. And I'll tell you right now, it's been a while that we've done an in-person podcast, so I'm definitely excited for this one, having you on here because the energy is so different. But guys, let me just say she has a tremendous mindset, first of all. Um, she has built massive teams. She's a business owner, entrepreneur, very into the wellness space. And I'll tell you right now, she was and has hit a, a million millions by the age of 25 i'll tell you right now that it's not something easy to do so we're gonna definitely dive into that as well so guys please help us welcome the one and only veronica bay what is up hey, hey. thank you guys i'm so excited to be here you know having a podcast myself too i'm usually doing the interviewing so it's so cool that today <laughs> i'm getting interviewed and i'm excited we're gonna create some magic for your audience i oh, appreciate yeah. you coming on here because i'll tell you right now it's uh you know seeing you on stage not just once but twice um you know me me and him were saying we're like man that energy the the story and and just the way that you presented everything the value we're driving is is amazing we had to have you here oh thank you so yeah. much i appreciate that of course of course and and with that being said i would love to just dive right into it Tell us a little bit for the audience that, you know, our audience that doesn't know who you are. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how you started because you, you, here's the thing. I love how when you're on stage, you're so honest and I love how your story, people are expecting like this whole crazy, like drama, this whole crazy spiel of like started from the bottom of like the rags of the rags. And it's like, I love how relatable you can be for so many other people as well, because your story hits on a whole different level. And I would love to dive into that. Yeah, let's do it. You know, so for me, I feel like since I was very young, I was always diving deep to wanting to be the best. And when I was young, I, I now looking back, I realized that my intentions were a little off. It was like to get attention from my parents since I was young. I just wanted to be seen. I wanted to be seen. So I grew this like track record of being pretty successful, getting good grades, being captain of the cheer squad, you know, always exceeding um, in that space. And then when I grew up and it was time for college, I was like, I'm also going to exceed. I'm going to do what my heart calls me to do, even though it seems unpopular. And that was news reporting. And the reason why it's a very unpopular career is because very few people make it. Like my graduating class, I don't think I know one that's on TV, right? It's a very competitive field and it's also very underpaid. But I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. It's a dream of mine and I'm going to accomplish it. And there's no one that's going to stop me. And I don't care what anyone tells me it's going to happen. And that's what I did. And the reason why, you know, I always start with that is because sometimes when people look at me now, they're like, oh, you know, she got lucky or, oh, she just fell into this business, which I do currently, which is network marketing at the right time. And it's like, no, the reason why I achieved everything I've achieved is because of the relentless mindset that I've had with every single thing I've done in my life. It's not a one-time deal that you show up incredibly and get incredible results. It has to be something that you practice all the time with everything you do, right? So for me, after I, you know, graduated with news reporting and got my first job and started living that new dream and saying, I accomplished a dream. I'm here now. I tapped into my heart space and I realized I was not happy. And the reason why I was not happy was because my goals in life were to be a mom one day, to build a family. I, I craved that because I didn't have like the picture perfect family that I wanted. Mm. So I'm like, I want to duplicate. That. I want to do that. Um, and I realized I can't be a present mom if I have to be at a news station five days a week. How am I going to get my ultimate dream, which is be that mom and be that wife? Right now, I don't have time to even think about, you know, having a healthy relationship. And just setting that intention for I need to find something that makes sense with my true desires is what brought the opportunity. And I'm a firm believer in that, right? So when you want something from the universe, when you want God to send something your way, you got to ask for it. you got to have it click in your mind. I want better. I want different. I deserve my heart desires. And that's when, you know, Monate came into my life and my sister brought up the opportunity to me and she was like, hey, I found a company, we could sell some hair products, we can make some money. And I was like, what are you talking about? I have a career, you know, like no way. And, you know, I just listened to that voice in my head, which is a very important lesson for anyone listening. Like, listen to that voice that's trying to guide you. The voice that we always shut down because of fear. Mm -hmm. Right, so I just listened to my intuition and I started. 
And then I realized I was part of a business that said, your hustle determines your paycheck. There's no, there's nothing that can stop you. Like you work as hard as you want and that's going to determine your pay. Similar to real estate, you know, Brian, mm -hmm. you're familiar with this, mm -hmm. you know, the more deals you make, the more money you make. Oh yeah. And I have no problem working. So I fell into the perfect <laughs> business but I got to work from home. I had everything I wanted. I had the freedom to travel as much as I wanted, which when I was a news reporter, I had one week of vacation. You were tied down. So my story is less about like, oh, you know, all of this. And it was more about what do you want in life and go and get it and have the conviction to follow through with your dreams. Because most people have a dream, but the second it gets hard, they jump ship. That's right. And I refuse to do that. Like, I'm here, and I'm committed, and I'm going to continue. And I face hardships, but to me, hardships are, like, I already recognize that they're part of the journey. So why should I fear a hardship if it's there for a reason, right? So my journey is, you know, I was a girl that always was fearless. I think that one of my strongest points is my courage. Like, I'm willing to do the things even if they scare me. I'm a girl that followed her dreams, did the news, reporting, fell into network marketing, found her voice, found the power in leadership. And, you know, now I have my podcast. Now I'm working on a few other things that bring a lot of joy to my heart. But we're just out here trying to impact people's lives because the only reason why I was able to elevate in the way that I did is because other people inspired me. So what we're doing right now is very important because that's what we're doing for other people. Totally. And, and that's what I wanted to ask you because, you know, you know, you're saying relentless. Um, you also talked about listening to that voice in your head. But I'm sure there's people listening to that and asking themselves, well, how do I, first of all, create a relentless mentality? And how am I able to listen to the voice in my head and apply what I'm listening, to, what I'm hearing, and then applying it to actual things that I need to do to create the success? What did you do and who did you have to learn from to get that information and start utilizing those ways of thinking to create the success you have today? You know, I don't believe in idolizing people. <laughs> like, you know, some people have like a million people. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're great. And they need to go to every convention and hear from every speaker. And I'm like, also a therapist. Like people tell me, because I talk a lot about my childhood trauma and how I overcame it. And they're like, did you have a therapist? No. Like, you know where your downfalls lie. You know where you're dropping the ball. So it's about silencing your mind and getting real with yourself. And, you know, that's what I did. And I had a lot of bad habits, like, in high school. <laughs> like, in high school, you know, before high school, you're already pretty much grown up there. They were still calling my parents. You know, I was a good student, anchor of the newscast, cheerleader, but I still had bad habits. I had an attitude. <laughs> and, like, I was just very, my communications... You know, so even when I was a child, I would tell my teacher. All right, now you got to tell us what's one of the worst things that you did in school now. Because now that you brought it up, you yeah, have to yeah, tell yeah. us one thing, one thing. Oh, my God, I did so many. But it was usually just like, well, first of all, like I would, <laughs> if anyone went to Johnny Ferguson, I'll give you the loophole to skip. Oh, Ferguson, we were Ferguson, right next door. Right. Like just park in the teacher's parking lot. And every time lunch came, your girl dipped. <laughs> and Damn. it was like my parents were just getting called for the most ridiculous things but I remember one time it rained and I got all poured on and I got late to class and my teacher was like Veronica you have to go to CSI and I was like you're taking away an hour of my learning for one minute of me being late like the, the lawyer in me just w would wake up all the time like I would try my teachers they would call my parents but the worst time was when they called my dad from the CSI room and they were like your daughter is giving us a hard time because she says she's cold she wants you to bring her a sweater <laughs> so my dad I, I talked to him and I was like dad they're literally making me freeze like this is child abuse dad you have to do something my dad shows up to the CSI room Literally, my dad is 5'8". He's a short man. The CSI man is huge. CSI guys is like indoor detention. And my dad tells this guy, step outside. And all the kids are just like, what's about to happen? Oh, Veronica's wow. dad is going to fight the CSI guy. And My daughter's cold. You better oh. give her a sweater. Give her a sweater right now. I was just... <laughs> Listen, guys, I thought that the world revolved around me at one point in my life. And I thought that life had to be fair. 
And growing up means getting over that idea because it's not. So when did you realize that, that life wasn't like that? Yeah, what humbled you in, in, in that sense? Honestly, college, um, I had a religion class and I thought I was too good for it. I was like, this is a dumb prerequisite. I'm not going to do it. I never read one book. I paid a guy to write an essay for me, plagiarized. I got caught. I failed the class. I was paying my college and I was working my butt off as a server. So I was like, now I need to work my butt off even harder to pay for this class all over again. And that's when it all clicked. It was like, Veronica, you're a loser. You're trying to take shortcuts for a religion class. Like, you can't read that book. What's wrong with you, girl? Like, tighten up. Like, now your name is on the line. You look like a cheater in the eyes of the world. And I like to take pride in saying, oh, I don't cheat. But you did cheat. And we lie to ourselves so many mm -hmm. times. We tell ourselves, oh, we're this person. But then you're really not. Like, if you're not showing up like that consistently, stop claiming that. And I remember when that happened, it just hit me like a truck. And I was like, you need to take accountability. Enough with the victim mindset of it's too much. And I always say this, and a lot of people know me for this saying, but I'm like, you could choose. You could either be a victim or a warrior, but not both. And I think that in the beginning of my life, even when I was succeeding, I was choosing a victim mindset. And I was like, oh, well, you know, like my problems with my mom and I'm not seeing enough in this and that. And it's like, girl, everyone has issues. Everyone sitting on this table right now has suffered through the same emotions. We felt pain, fear, mm -hmm. anguish, anger, but we're just experiencing different um, experiences that are making that are triggering that. So it's like, what's the point of making yourself the victim? Other people are going through it too, so you can either cry about it or you could either keep going and make yourself a better version. And that that was it, guys. Like I just wasn't willing to be the loser version of me. Now, I wanted to ask this because the loser version, I feel a lot of people have that, that complex where they feel that way about themselves. Oh, yeah. And especially this a new year, a lot of people are writing down their goals, their dreams, and we know that maybe halfway through they'll drop out and the majority won't even do it. For you, when you were going through your journey, and I love to talk with people and tell them about their vehicle. So you have a goal. What's the vehicle that you're going to use to get you to that goal? And some people need to realize whether it's a nine to five or doing your own sales or opening your own company, if your goal is to make a million dollars, the vehicle is probably the most important things to get you there. So since you are one of the top producers of Monet and you're killing it, what made you join Monet from any other competitor or any other organization? Listen, I was hungry. I needed money. Okay, so when I went fresh from college, I was making eleven fifty. I had no money. Like I literally was drowning. And I found an opportunity and I wasn't doing a million research backup. Who am I to do research on anything when I'm literally like, I just need help right now. And that's the thing that so many people need help right now. They're drowning <laughs> in their million problems, but they're not willing to take action because they want to look and read into everything and make sure that it's the perfect fit. Look, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, whoever goes through the drive through at McDonald's, are you sitting there saying, I'm going to do research to see what the hell they put in that burger before I buy that burger and those fries? No. Done. So, That's what I say all the time. Listen, <laughs> I'm listen. glad you brought that up. And in any <laughs> business, I've done a bunch of different things, guys. So when I quit my news reporting job and I came back to Miami and I was already making money with Monet, but I hadn't wrapped around my head that this was going to be my full time, that this was going to retire me and I was only going to do this. So guess what? I came in. I got a job as a PR girl. After like two months, I was like, honey, I work... I'm working too hard for them and not making enough money. Mm. They offered me a $10,000 raise, and I was like, sorry, I'm worth more. Because Monate was teaching me my worth. It was teaching me my value. It was teaching me how creative I am and that I could literally grab something, and if I put all my intention and energy into it, it can flourish. So after that, I got into wholesaling, right? I was working with two local investors, and guess what? I was killing the phones. And guess what? I had never done real estate. I had never done wholesaling. I had never done PR. And all my jobs, I rock at them because it's, the, it's me. It's the mindset that I bring into it. It's the dedication. It's the work ethic and desire. So it wasn't about Monate. It was about the compensation plan. Oh, I love that. It was about what it could do for me because what my life was lacking was stability and freedom. And money, although people... Want, like to say that it doesn't have power money 
literally will make you sleep a hundred times better at night. The anxiety that I would have when I had no money, like the anguish that it causes is no longer there. So for me, I chose Monate initially for the money, not gonna lie, bomb compensation plan. But then I stayed because I found a place where I could innovate. I found a place that I didn't have to be someone else, cookie cutter. Someone tells me who to be and I have to be it. No, I have full freedom here. I'm an independent distributor. And even when my CEO sees me do something that he doesn't like, he really can't tell me much, you know? Like he'll passively be like, hey girl, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm autonomous and I love that. So I just found what fit me. But it took time to figure that out and I grew passion through the seasons, through time. And too many people want to be passionate first to, to start something. And it's like, babe, the passion grows through the time, through the efforts, through the sweat, blood, and tears, through the moments where you think you're about to, you know, fall and crash, and then you get a win, nope. and then you're reminded of your power, and then you're like, hold up, I've got a ton of power. I wanted to say something here because you, a lot of people, a lot of our viewers here are going through, obviously, entrepreneurship, and they're thinking about doing it. And a lot of people, when they start off, they have a nine-to-five and then they're doing something on the side. How were you able to balance that, number one? And then number two, when did you realize that Monet was, hey, you know what, my time here is worth way more. I gotta put it over here. Because a lot of people have issues in that, where they're making just as much as their regular nine to five, doing their side hustle, but they are scared because of the fallacy of, it's a fixed income, consistent money. When did you say and figure that out? I just wanna tell everyone, believe in yourself. Why do you need someone else to believe in you and pay you Fox. when you can get yourself paid? Like, what is that all about? Like, come on, people. Get a mirror, look at yourself, and tell yourself you're a badass, and then go act like one, be one, even when you're scared, right? So for me, I quit my news reporting job two months and a half after being in Monet. I wasn't making big girl bucks. I don't even think I had broken, I hadn't broken five figures but you own that role you you owned it completely right because i think that's the biggest problem is a lot of people will have that side gig but they can never own the reality that that's who they are now and they can't marry that new reality and i think a lot of people have the issue of they can't unmarry their old version to marry a new version mm, and i think okay. that's why so many people have a hard time putting all their their energy into one area whether it's their side gig side hustle that they want to turn into something it's because they don't want to fully own it I love that. And you know, when you asked me who I look up to, first of all, one guy that I must mention, Ed Milet. Oof. He's the best oh, interviewer in the game. When I listen to his podcast, I'm just like gold, gold, gold. Uh, but the main consistent person I've looked up to my whole life is my father. And it hasn't been because he preaches to me. It's been because he leads by example. And all I have to do is look at him to know what's right and wrong. And my father, when I was already making money with Monate, but I got the PR job and then I got the wholesaling job and I was stressed, of course, because at the wholesaling job, I was showing up from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m., putting in a ton of work for these people because they're getting the real money, not me, but I'm the one making the calls, right? And my dad stopped me and he's like, hey, you need to humble yourself. He's like, you have an opportunity. He was talking about Monate. I was already driving the earned for Cadillac etc and he's like you have an opportunity that's giving you everything you could possibly want and you're neglecting it because you feel like you're better than selling shampoo he's like you know that there are people that make millions and millions of dollars selling paper selling anything and you found something that you're good at that you're mastering value it and when he told me that i was like, mm. I was mm. like oh my god that hurt. what's your dad's name <laughs> Johnny. Shout out to Johnny. Shout out to Johnny. Shout out to Johnny and for standing up to the CSI guy. <laughs> Woo! That's where it started. And my dad is the most like, he won't talk much, but when he talks, you're just like. Stay quiet. Yeah, <laughs> it's powerful. Huh? Where'd your dad build that, that level of, of confidence and mindset? Because, you know, for him to come, you know, for you to have that and him to come and be able to talk to you like that, he must have gotten that from somewhere. His mother. And, you know, my dad came from nothing. His family had nothing. And they grew up in Colombia, very, very poor. But his mom, she just, my grandmother has this drive to make anything happen out of nothing. And my grandfather doesn't share that same thing. Like, she's been the leader of the family 
our whole lives. And she inspired my dad when he was young. So since he was 14, he was sewing and making bags wow. and selling it on the streets of Colombia. And, you know, by the time he was 24 in Colombia, he had multiple businesses. He owned this like tractor company. He had like a lotto that he owned. We were very well off in Colombia. And then we had to move here because my mother's family, whatever troubles, we had to leave the country. And we left the country and my dad left everything. After building his dream life up from having nothing, from growing up super poor, he built up his dream life, left it, moved to Miami, no money, with a wife, my mother, who was nagging him all the time because he didn't have money. And he's like, girl, you brought me here. Saw him deliver pizzas. My father was delivering pizzas. My father was driving this I'll never forget this blue van that I really as a child hated, which is so horrible that I felt that way, but I did. When he went to go pick me up in school, I was like, oh my God, this car. <laughs> but you know what? He showed me that if you never give up and you keep going, you're going to get what you want. That's right. Now my father has multiple businesses. He's also an investor, has awesome properties that make him a ton of money, passive income, successful daughters. Why? Because quitting for him was never an option. And that's the problem. Everyone has that quitting mindset. It's like, oh, I'll try, and if it doesn't work, it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay to give up on your dreams. Like, what are your dreams? Like, really outline what are your dreams, what's important to you, and then go do it. So what's that one thing you would tell somebody right now before they quit on that dream um, opportunity that they're dying to build? Are you doing it because of fear? I think most people are doing it because of fear. And doubt, insecurity. And they mm -hmm. don't even reflect on that. People are making decisions off of places where they don't have peace in their mind. No stillness. It's not an unbiased place where they're making these really big decisions in their life. They make decisions when they feel like they're dying, but mm -hmm. you're not their really... Their back's against the walls. Their back's against the walls. And then they're like, okay, I must stop. No, man, how many more new ideas are you going to go out? And I'm all about... Try new things. I always totally. tell my girls, I'm like, listen, do as many things as you have to until you feel like it's the right fit. But one thing is quitting because you really don't vibe with something. And another thing is quitting because you feel like you can't succeed. I agree. And I say, look at other people. When I came into Monet, I would look at these girls that I didn't even know. They were like up, 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 up lines of me. And they were super successful, earning their $20,000 SED check bonus. And I would look at these girls and I was like, I'm going to be just like them. Instead of looking at them and being like, oh, my God, I'm, they're so lucky and idolizing them. I was like, that girl did it. I'm going to do it. Totally. And totally. it's just a badass mentality. Like, you guys, if, if you don't have this mentality, you could just start acting like this. And I know that that sounds crazy. but I agree with you. You know, yesterday I did a call and they asked me, how do you feel about the saying, fake it till you make it? <laughs> Personally, I don't love the saying because too many people take it the wrong way. Yes. But when you look at the saying at its root and the intention that the saying is supposed to have, the way that I interpret it is act like the rank before you get it. You know, if you want to be a mortgage broker, but you're a realtor, act like the mortgage broker before you become it, before mm -hmm. you pass the test or whatever it is that you have to do. What does that take? It takes a different level of confidence. When you talk to someone, are you assertive? Are you making them feel like they can trust you to do a big deal with them? That is what fake it till you make it means to me. It's showing up as that person before you become that person because how's a title going to be given to you that you can't live up to yet and that's the reason why i feel like people need to own that before they're even that completely because if not you're not going to get to that place you have to follow and own those habits to be able to then create that result you want because if you're not owning that you're not going to become that and every level i always say this all the time every level of a success is like a it's like stairs and each stairs let's say we'll, we'll use the income analogy your first 10k that you hit when you're climbing up those stairs and you hit the second floor that's a plateau you're ready to hit 20k that's a whole nother level of mindsets your mindset every floor has a shift from 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 to 100k a month your level of mindset has to shift and become stronger every uh, floor that you hit along the way and what's funny is that in every floor that you hit 
the same exact fears, doubts, belief systems, um, you know, issues that you're having, imposter syndrome, the imposter syndrome that you've been getting, all these things from traumas since your past life are the same exact ones every single time that are going to hit you on all those different levels of, of, of success that you hit. They're always going to creep up on you no matter what. And that's why I'm a huge person and advocate of like, at the end of the day, like I say relentless, you know, we're, we're all in warriors. But at the end of the day, these fears, they're always in us. They're embedded in our DNA. So this whole we're never fearless, it's not true. We're always going to have a, le a level of it. So I always say you got to become the best manager of your emotions, your fears, your doubts. And you have to learn how to manage it and counter it because you have to be ready for those different moments when you hit those different levels of, of success. They're going to come out and you better be ready to tackle them on because it's the same exact ones you've been experiencing since you were little. Because it's part of your life. And you know what? That's what makes you unique. And that's why I'm a huge advocate of like, guys, stop trying to say everybody needs to be the same. Stop saying everybody needs to be equal or everything needs to be fair. Guys, if anything, our ability of being different and everybody experiencing different things and everybody going through different bullshit is what makes you unique and successful in the first place. So... I think that we need just a bigger push around in today's era, especially where everything is very hypersensitive to just accept the places you've been, accept the roles that you've been, accept the life that you've been born into, because when you accept that, you're going to start seeing the true beauty of success, because that's where you're going to start finding your strengths. And that's how you're going to start overcoming those different issues that you face every single day. That was dope. Very dope. Hey. That was a great soundbite. I, <laughs> I, I love it. And I can relate to with, with a lot with your father because that's how my dad was. My dad, salesman, built his business on mm -hmm. door knocking. And for a long time, I didn't believe that door knocking was an effective thing to do in business. And mind you, I had a very good career. I had my master's graduate degree. And when I started getting into real estate, I thought I was a little bit above door knocking. I was like, ah, this is not a big thing. Yeah, my father built a business, did it all through door knocking. So one day I got tired of, of you know, working the nine to five, start pursuing my own thing. And then I parked my car in front of a neighborhood and I said, all right, I'm gonna door knock. And I didn't door knock for an hour. I walked around scared to knock on a door. And then when I finally started knocking on those doors, I was like, you know what, this is not that bad. Within a week and a half of door knocking, I ended up getting my first listing. Wow. Then the next week I got another listing. And the, what people don't understand is that in any business that you go into and why you're successful and why you're successful and why everyone here is successful, is because we created frameworks and process and understanding your numbers. Once you know who you are as a person and you understand it takes me this many contacts, these many appointments, and this is how many people I can close within those appointments, sales is not, uh, people like to think it's an up and down. It is, it can be if you don't know your numbers. But if you know what you're doing and you know your metrics and you're like, hey, this is the only way I'm gonna get better. Because if I'm getting 10 appointments and I only close one, that's a 10% ratio. You gotta bump that bad boy up to, to 40%. What do you need to do? What skill set? Are you handling objection correctly? Are you handling all three of them? What do you need to do to get better? Get with your mentor. Get with your resources. And that's what makes make you the better person you need to be. And I want to talk to you about building your team because building the team successfully mm -hmm. in Monet, a lot of people don't even believe that's impossible. They, a yeah. lot of people will look at this and say, oh, she had a, an assist. She, what people were helping her out. Oh, she yeah, was look on how TV. Lucky. Look how yeah. lucky oh, she they is. Love to play the lucky oh, but part. you came from a good upbringing. You know, that's the other ones you hear all the time about, but you had it easy. Always, you know, and people only like to see what they want to see, and everyone's going to have their own perspective. So my role is never to change someone's mind. Um, but you know what? I do believe that I'm a very big faith girl, and I think that God sets up, sets up people for certain destinies. And I do believe that, you know, I was blessed with a great team. And I was blessed with girls that from the beginning were like, we're all in, but here's the shift. And here's, here's something that I've realized to the pa through the past three years and a half. I've worked with so many people. And I work with some people that look like they have incredible potential, but they come, they work hard for a month, and then they crumble. And I've seen so many different patterns. And then I really analyzed the girls that have came in and been like head-on, resilient, focused, successful. And the people that are going to get success here They've been prepping for the success that they're going to experience for a long time before they even stepped into here, 
right? So if you get someone that takes their realtor exam and both people pass, but one person has had a work ethic for 10 years prior, they like to win. They're sharks. Like they believe that they want the best. And then this other person grew up very passively. They're okay with mediocre. They don't want fancy, nice things. They don't even know what that looks like and they don't care to know. They've never been exposed to it. They're not going to work as hard. So it depends. When you're growing a team, it really depends on the person and where they've been and where they want to go. Because I could sit here and try to brainwash anyone and mentor them and talk their ears off, but people are not going to change until they want to change. That's right. Big facts. And, you, and, I, and we're not here to change people. Amen. And that's the first thing I tell people Mm -hmm. as soon as they sign up with me. I'm like, hey, I'm your mentor. You're the mentee, though. So you need to seek me also. Like when there's something in your heart, when you've got a question, when you feel something off in your business, I need you to communicate that with me because I'm not psychic. You know, and something that I've been great at doing is always being a yes woman for my team. If they ask me for a call, if if one of their girls, girls, girls ask me for a call, yes, because I'm here to be your support. And I'm here to give you like that certainty that you've got the help, but you need to carry your own weight. That's right. And when you cl- set those clear expectations for the people coming in, it there's less disappointment because everyone knows the roles that we're playing. And I feel like people that try and go into network marketing, sometimes they want to convince people and they want to paint this beautiful picture. Hey, you're going to come and you're going to make this amount of money and it's so easy and you don't have to do much. And I'm like, girl, it's hard. (laughs) You know, I've, I've hit so many milestones and I still work my butt off. My boyfriend comes into my office sometimes at midnight and he's like, girl, go to bed. And I'm like, don't want to. You're on that grind. On the grind. Yeah. Uh, Look, and I love that you brought that up because, you know, it's one of those things, like even when I've worked with my clients and when I teach them working with clients, I'm like, guys, you have to understand that we're not going to do it for you. We're here to guide you. You know, I'm the GPS. You're the car. You're in control of your car. I'm just guiding you like a GPS. You have to take control of that steering wheel. I'm not going to do it for you. You know, and the same thing goes when you do that for your clients. And I think when more people can understand that, that, hey, you're in control you just have to grab the information and apply it. That's where you're going to create massive success. Wow. And I'm sure with your business, you've seen some ups and downs with people that you decide to work with, but they're not as committed as you. Totally. And it takes a total turn and you're like, yo, I'm giving you everything. But if you're not applying, how do you how do you the results? Exactly. And it's so hard as a, as a coach and as a mentor because you're like, man, I'm giving my all. And this person isn't matching me. They're not... So, yeah. So what do you do like when you have you have your teams, Mm -hmm. you know, you obviously you have your people and I'm sure you vet out your your A game producers and the ones that you said are maybe a little more passive with it because, you know, they feel like maybe I don't need this right now or I've just put a little bit of time. How do you distribute your energy, your time? Because I think that's another important thing is, you know, as um, high performers, you have to you know, you start seeing who are your A producers and then you have to see who how do I spread my time and energy out with these people correctly? So that way I can pour into those that really want to like succeed. What is your way of handling it? How do you handle it? How do you have those conversations with people? And, and you know, what are your frameworks behind that? For me, communication can't lack in business. Communication has to be the most important thing that we focus on because we're working with people. And if we're sitting on the same table and a million things are going on in your head and a million things are going on in my head, but we don't know what's going on in each other's head, our energies are going to clash. We're not going to understand anything. We're going to feel confused. We're going to feel trapped. Right? And I see a lot of leaders, they're like, oh, my girl is going through this and this, and I don't know how to tell her. And I'm like, you don't know how to tell her? Open your mouth. <laughs> Done. Use your voice. That's it. Biggest piece of advice. Biggest, yeah. And so many people feel like they're like trapped in their business, and it's simply because they're not communicating with the people that they have to. So for me, the most important thing is that communication piece. And, um, you know, when I have girls coming in and they're not reciprocating the excitement and they're not showing up to the trainings and they're, like, not doing anything like that, if you can't even, like, put excitement into your business for the first month, I'm not going to chase after you. Nope. That's just me. Because I've already tried that method and it doesn't work. The people that don't want it for themselves, like, they don't, just don't want it, right? Then I have, like, my middle girls, which, like, they work hard, but they maybe haven't hit the big ranks, but they're consistent, right? And I watch them. When I'm on social media, aside from creating my content, I'm watching what they're doing. When I feel like someone's falling off, that's your time to come in. 
that's your time to hold them accountable because some of these people, they've never known what it's like to build a business. They haven't had that structure set up. They don't understand that a week of falling off can really hurt your business and the way people perceive you. So I come in and I just ask them. I don't have to talk to them. I don't have to tell them a million things. I just need to listen to them. Because the second I understand what's going on in their head, now I, I can come in as the mentor and help them out. Now my superstars, they're girls that they don't need me too much. But the loyalty, that's something else that you need in a team. To build loyalty to the point that even like your top achievers that are out there rocking and rolling, they know that they can come to you at any given point and you're going to be like, let's go, let's do it. And if you're having a bad day and a mental breakdown, hey, you're going to come to me because you know that I'm the best at mindset and I'm going to help you bounce back. So for me, it's just like understanding what role each person plays. And I see them all as valuable roles, even the girls that don't make me too much money. You know why? Because them showing up consistently inspires other girls, my newer girls, to show up consistently. Everyone is playing their role and everyone's growing at their own pace. And I used to have this anxiety over the people that weren't producing because I didn't understand it, right? Like for me, I'm like, let's go, like just do it. Like if I need something, I'm just gonna figure it out. And when I first started leading, I was like frustrated about that. And then I realized, Veronica, you could only give your best and inspire others to do their best. So if you want to have a high-performing team, you need to be a high-performer too. Oh yeah. You yeah. need to show up in a way that they're learning from you, just how my father did. I never lived... I, my parents split up when I was six. I didn't live with my father. I would see him once every two weeks. But I just saw him when I did, and I, and I learned from him, and I was inspired by him so it's not just me. I have two other sisters, and we're all successful. So I'm like, he must have done something right. He was a good leader. He taught us by example. So that's the best thing you could do, yeah. lead by example. I love that. And, and it goes to something that I always tell a lot of people when I jump on calls with them or when I'm leading teams. I go, you know, when you're looking to elevate your game and you really want people to follow you and invest in you and work with you, I always tell people all the time, I go, you can't expect others to invest in you if you're not willing to invest in yourself because you have to lead by example. And that's when you start seeing production come your way and you start seeing results, you start seeing sales, you start seeing because you're investing in yourself, you're investing in your time, you're investing in your, your, in your education, you're investing in, in putting energy and in your energy with other people and, them, and looking for people to put energy into you that are going to help you take your game to the next level. And I think that if more people realize like, the word investing, and I, and I don't mean about just monetarily, right, but just investing your, your, your time, energy, or income in things that are going to help you all the time is what's going to help you create more results, you know, and that's what's going to create those good habits down the road to give you that life you want. A hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. And I've, and I've had the same issue when it comes to real estate agents. So when I've had people, no license, no nothing, they're like, Brian, I want to get into real estate right now. I know I can make this much money, 10000 on one deal. I have this person, this person. What do I need to do to get my license? I tell them, okay, you need to do this, this, and that. It's going to cost you $500 to do the course. You do that, and then we'll work together. Oh, I don't have the money right now to do that. Okay, so then this is a wish that you have. You're not serious about doing real estate, so don't even bother. And then they look at me pissed. Sell some of your stuff. That's it. Figure it out. Put it on a credit card. Figure it out. When you want it, you get it. Exactly. When you want it, you get it. And also, too. That's how I started my business. I didn't have money. I had to buy some products to start money. And I was like, how am I going to do this? And my sister was like, put it on a card. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Whatever. And I always tell people, too, like, I'm like, don't, you know, don't say I can't afford it because then you're owning that for yourself. You you start telling, no, I can't afford something. You're not going to afford that. You can't afford the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Right. You could just say, OK, let me see what I can do. Let me look at my what my uh, well, let me look at my account now, see what I have and let me create a game plan to add to what I have right now so I can make this happen. We have to just approach things differently. Amen. Like if we just reframe the way we word things and approach things like mentally, because the more you said, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. That's what you're going to have in life. You know, I think my parents never told me you can't. That's the best thing they could have done. You could get whatever you want. And although growing up, I didn't have a good relationship with my mom. She would always tell me, never depend on a man. You need to be successful. You need to have a profession. You need to be independent. And it's funny because sometimes I was like, she's so annoying. But I feel like that got ingrained in my subconscious. And then when I was growing up and having to figure things out, I always had that. You need to be independent. Mm -hmm. You can't depend on a man. And then all of this unfolded. And, you know, talking about 
what you just said of not claiming that lack. I had this breakthrough moment with my father when I was uh, I was in college still, and I was it was my time to buy my own car. Okay, <laughs> he had hooked me up with my first two cars. At the time, I was driving a BMW 3 Series. It wasn't that nice. It was used, and you know he was like, "Hey, I think you need to get a new car, and I think that you should get it yourself." And I was like, "What?" I was a daddy's girl. Not going to lie, he always took care of us. Not in abundance, but he always let us know whatever you girls need, you're going to have. And that's how I want to raise my children too. You know why? Because it makes them feel like they can have things in life, right? So my dad's like, time for you to get your own car. I'm not giving you any money, down payment, nothing. I'm in college. I'm a server. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm getting a Toyota. (laughs) My dad was like... He was like, okay, whatever you want to get. But one day he calls me. He's like, hey, I'm in Mercedes-Benz and Coral Gables. Come through. I want you to see this car. It's not too expensive. This uh, Mercedes-Benz, I forgot the CLA, not a huge class, but super cute, sports edition, whatever. And I look at my dad, and I'm like, dad, I love this car. This This car feels like me. It makes me feel like I love how the car makes me feel. And I was like, but I can't afford it. I was like, this is going to be, like, too much to pay. And he looked at me. He's like, so you're going to downgrade instead of taking the challenge and working harder so that you could pay for this car? He's like, Veronica, you're going to get a cheaper car so that you could be more comfortable and pick up less. Basically forcing you to put yourself in a position to win. Exactly. And he's like, so let's do the math. How many more shifts would you have to pick up so that you could be comfortable paying this? And it was nothing. It was like three shifts, right? I was a server. I was making pretty good money working at Earl's Kitchen in Bar and Dayland. Shout out to the Earl's girls. Damn, Earl's. Hey. Woo. I, I, I paid my dues That's there. a spot. <laughs> and yeah, guys, when he told me that, he tried my life again. And I was like, you're right. Like, so what? I'm going to downgrade because I want it to be easier. No, I want this car. I like so let the me way work this harder. car makes me feel. I'm going to work If I have to be here till 12 a.m., I'll do it. Done. I don't care. I want to live life the way I want to live it. And you know what's funny? Because when your dad, when you were saying that your dad was saying that, I was actually picturing your dad going through that at a moment in his life. His mother told him that. You see, that was running through my head right now. Oh, that's crazy. I was literally envisioning your dad in your shoes and him being told the same thing. You know, every time we say this story at family parties, you know, sometimes we get redundant with our mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. So it always comes up and my dad's like, you know, that I got that story from my mom. She did it to Crazy. me and I did it to you. And I was just like, well, it really changed my perspective on so many things. And and I don't think that the opposite mindset is wrong. So my boyfriend's German. We look at money very different yeah. and they like to save a lot and be very conservative and this, this and that. So it's been cool because we found a middle ground with everything. Um, but I've just shown him how much more freedom you could have when you're not thinking that it's running out. 100%. If you're constantly thinking that your money's running out, it's going to run it's gonna out. It's going to run out. Be oh, yeah. smart about the way you use it. But the way that I see it, we're all going to die, and I want to, like, live an epic life. If I want to take a trip, I'm going to take it. If I could afford it, why should I not? Why should I play small? That's it. That's it. And I've taught my dad that. He never used to travel. Now I give him a little bit of my mindset. He's like, I want to see the world like you. And I'm like, let's go. And it's funny that you say that because it is true, you know, like, you know, us being, you know, raised and born from Cuban families, you know, we're, we're you know, we're you know, second, third generation Cubans, you know, we're born here, but, you know, you see our families, you know, middle class, you know, worked very hard, a lot of hard work and sweat, put, you know, houses over, you know, roofs overhead, you know, and they, they got what they needed to get, but it was always that very like, which it, it, it's good because it teaches you how to be good with your money, but it's very safe, safe, safe. So you buy that one house, you buy that one good car, you take maybe two trips a year and that's it. You know, it's very, very conservative play, you know, and we can agree that that's how we've been our whole life raising up until we realize, well, if you don't start stepping into the arena of, hey, I need to take a chance, I need to invest, or I need to put myself in a position of feeling what this feels like to own this thing that I really want, you're not going to ever experience that if you don't try it, you know, and it's like in anything, if you don't try something, you're never going to know, and you're going to never going to know if you can even obtain it, so... You know, I love that you said that because more people do need to hear that. Whether whatever end it is, maybe there are people who need the opposite where it's like, hey, you're going crazy with your money. You need to learn also how to, how to manage it correctly so that way you could invest into the right things. You know, but, you know, on our end, it was that. It was the opposite. We were like, 
we got to be able to let loose and understand that it's okay to take our money that we saved and put it to work for us. Yeah, and, and, and the opportunities come. It's a cycle. Totally. Of, oh, yeah. You know, like yesterday in the morning I had this really, really bad news <laughs> and it revolved around money and someone misusing my money and me finding out. And I was just like, you know, a little bit shaken up about it. And then right after I got that call from my uh, brother-in-law and he already has Airbnbs. I'm trying yeah. to get in. I have an investment property, but I do like long-term rentals because I don't want the stress. But he does Airbnbs already, which I've been wanting to get into, but I haven't because I'm like, oh, so much work. And he's like, hey, let's go in on a deal together. And although that one deal yeah. broke off, like we know that we have the partnership that we're willing to do that. So yeah, you're going to have moments where you're like, yo, what's happening? But then something good is going to come if you believe it, if you open the door for it. Because if I would have been stressed about what happened that morning, and it was a lot of money for the average person that we're talking about. My boyfriend came home, I told him about it, and he's like, how are you so chill? And I'm like, what am I going to do? Stress something that already happened? And because I had clarity in my mind, and I wasn't highly stressed, when this next thing came along, I could like lean into it and actually listen to the offer and then make realize in my head, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because if I was thinking from a lack perspective, I would have been like, no, I want an Airbnb of my own so that I could make the full money. And I would have missed the opportunity of having a partner that already knows what he's doing. And here's a cool thing too, is that just because you lost something doesn't mean you lost. Because if you already knew how to get it the first time, you can get it again. There's something that you said that was interesting, and I loved it. And it's something that, that your dad, that mindset more than ever needs to be applied in today in this society, in this present moment. Because with inflation going up, prices are going through the roof. You go to a restaurant, you go to a bar, you go buy food, groceries, everything's going up. Yet everyone who's working nine to five has a fixed income. They're all feeling the pain. They're feeling the pain because they've been given a lie of, hey, everything will be fine. Just stay doing what you're doing. Keep working that, that job. Don't pursue anything on the side. But what happens if you're not taking that risk? What what do you end up doing? You end up budging yourself out of your own life, mm -hmm. out of your own lifestyle. Instead guess, of staying the hill and then fighting. Guess what? The stakes are going up for everyone. Literally, mm -hmm. the trays of steak at the supermarket, right? So someone that has diversified their income has money coming in passively. Took the risk because it's scary. It is a risk. It's so scary. Like when I bought my first investment property, I only have one, <laughs> but it was last year or the year before. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a child, guys. I'm only 26. And when you have a lot of money at 26, when you've made a lot of money, it's almost harder because you don't have the life experience to go behind it. So things are extra scary. Right. But if you don't do it and have trust that things can work out for you, you're just going to remain. That's right. And the people that love the nine to five and are comfortable, by all means, I don't think we all have to be entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. hustlers, making a bunch of money. I really don't. But for the people that want more and their soul is asking for that, their soul is like, hey, like you could do more. And they keep just like playing it small. It's like get over yourself is the message that I have for them. Get over yourself. 100%. The ego that you've built of like, oh, I need to protect myself. Because you're built for more. But you're never going to experience it. God could have this incredible, epic plan for you, and you will never see that plan. And the only reason why is because of you. Not that's because right. of anyone else. Because if you follow your intuition and that voice that's guiding you, I talk about this voice a lot, and a lot of people don't understand the voice because they live such chaotic lives that they haven't identified I with think it. you gotta write a book about the voice there already is one Oof. oh wow okay Oof. yeah that's where I learned it from so mm. look oh. up um, now I'm like camera look up the untethered soul um, that book for me really made me understand the voices in my head what they mean and which one to follow and it's not like, you know, when people start talking about voices in their head, it sounds like a crazy person. But now it's so clear. Now I know when information dropping, I know the intention of why this information's dropping. And when you understand the brain also, you understand. For example, I'm dropping today uh, a reel from a podcast episode of mine, and we talk about imposter syndrome. And if you understand your brain and the fact that it's there to protect you, you would understand that imposter syndrome is so normal. Because anytime you try to do something new or different, your brain is like, mm -hmm. we don't know this, you can't do this, go back, go back, yep. go back. 
But if you understand the brain, you understand why that feeling comes up and the chemicals behind it that cause it. And now you're like, no, I'm prepared. I'm a boss. I, I can do this. Boom. The imposter syndrome doesn't go away because we still have this brain, right? This ancient Frankenstein brain. <laughs> but now you can control those emotions as they come up. Totally. And, 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 and I'm glad you brought that up because I always say the brain is so smart. And it's doing its job to find every single way to make you feel comfortable and okay. It's doing its job. It's designed to make you feel comfortable and no pain. But it doesn't understand the difference between getting chased by a criminal or an animal and you stepping into an uncomfortable zone that you've never been into in your life that you know is going to help you. It just knows pain is pain. It just knows uncomfortability is uncomfortability. And it will trick you. It will trick you. And you have to be there quick enough to trick it first because if not, it will hold your ass back. There you go. You know how many brilliant people have nothing to their name? How many brilliant people, people around them don't even know how brilliant they are because they were too afraid. Yep, and take shit to the grave. Too afraid. They care too much what people think. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big thing with a lot of people. A lot of people have great ideas and they care too much what the person next to them thinks. Yeah. Instead of just doing it, say, hey, screw it. I don't care what you feel about my, my opinion or my thoughts. And that's why I always say when you hear yourself complain about something three times, that probably means you need to do something about it. There you go. I always say, like, the things that annoy you are your indicators. Every single feeling in your life, it, it's feelings are like a compass. Compass. And I spoke about this in one of the events that you went to go speak to. Like, you need to be able to listen to these feelings and emotions and say, okay, what is it trying to tell me? It's not there to just signal again and annoy me. This feeling is supposed to make me take actions. What, mm -hmm. what sort of action comes after this, right? If you're hanging out with people that make you feel like crap all the time, what do you think that feeling is trying to tell you? Those are not the people for you. Yep, get the Major. fuck out. <laughs> yeah. If you're working with someone, you're doing business with someone, and there's always like this shade feeling, and you feel uncomfortable, and you feel like they're going to rip you off, don't do it. Yep. That feeling is trying to tell you something. I just, my faith is way too strong, and I believe in all of that, and it always does me right. The, the money that I was talking about, about trusting it to the wrong person, from the beginning, I didn't want to work with that person. And Do I, you, could you dive in a little bit deeper with that, or no, it's too personal, you don't want to talk about it? Um, yeah, I'd rather not. That's fine. Because, like, it, it involves people, and... Don't and, worry about you know, it. It's, it's don't worry, it's a learning lesson, that's it. Yeah, so my advice from that is when you're young, you're going to have a lot of advisors come and try and advise you. But if someone's Everybody's making, an advisor now. But if someone's making less money than you, they probably cannot advise you because they don't have the money you yeah. have. <laughs> so that's it. That's the learning And the same goes with everything. I, I tell people, align yourself and look for people that are doing what you want to do, and they've done it over and over again multiple times. And go. it doesn't have to be only money. It could be something else. It could be you're trying to learn a skill set or you're trying to learn a sport or you're trying to learn this, but look for whatever skill, whatever thing that, they're in your case, money, whatever it is that they make sure they've done it over and over again before you invest or you spend energy and time into yeah, it. Yeah, and, and sometimes in life, like, once you start growing your business and everything you want to outsource everything because you think that it's going to be easier for you and my biggest one of my biggest lessons in 2021 was oh my god I hired so many idiots like so many people that just set me back and back and I was like what's going on with this project like why isn't my closet done where's my furniture like I hired all these people Ronald, you know what the issue is a lot of people don't want to work today uh, a lot of people don't want to work today yeah a lot of people so we got to find the few that do. That's it. But I, I agree with you on that. You, and I think when it comes to team building, you have to really, because I think, you know, we get, as high performers, you get excited or you're like, I got to delegate. I got to delegate free up more time. Well, you don't realize at the end of the day, nobody's going to love your business more than you do. Amen. You know, and you're always going to have to have a strong footing in there. And as you spend time building that, you'll start seeing from the few people you have who can become a leader and take a, a bigger role that they've shown and proven trust over years and years of putting in that time and then start carving out those new leaders and set them up in place. It's crazy though, because it's like, I, I, you know, I can relate with a lot of those, you know, moments in my life where I've had positions like that, where it's like, man, like what the hell's going on with all these people? Like I fucking told them to do this and they're doing complete opposite. Yo, you disappeared. Where have you been for like two days? You know, but it's just, if, if you don't have the right people, they just don't care. Exactly. They won't care to do what, what they have to do. 
But another big lesson is not to not lose the trust. And I always yes. think like everything's happening in our lives to show us something. And I am way too trusting. Like I'll get someone for a job and I'll be like, I trust you. Go do your thing. That's not enough <laughs> for most people. No. You know, like for me, it's like when I hire someone, I've looked at their work and I, I'm inspired by their work. And I don't like to go in and, and, and be too bossy and... No, like, I want you to free flow. I want you to create. But some people, they need that direction. So I just took all those learning lessons of when I felt like I was getting screwed in 2021. And I just said, okay, what do I need to learn? And I just learned that I need to, yeah, trust people, but also voice what I expect more. Because if you could voice what you expect in your life, you're going to get in more alignment to yeah. what you desire, right? Think about it with dating someone. You're dating someone, you love this person, but you haven't set the boundaries. You haven't told them what you expect. And they continuously do things wrong, and in your mind you're just like, oh my God, but you're not voicing it. So there could, it's, you're not going to get change, right? So for me, it's just like it always comes down to communication. I feel like communication just makes everything flow so much more efficiently. Oh, yeah. Love it. And even having those hard conversations, because even when you're in a relationship, people like to, and it happens to all of us, you don't want to hurt their feelings. They're doing something that you don't like. You're like, oh, if I address it, maybe I can, I can deal with it. And then when time passes, it's like, all right, this is actually becoming an issue. But then right there, when you bring that up, that can even possibly end your relationship. Yeah. So it's better to address it immediately. Yes, and then the person's Before like, it gets I worse. didn't even know you felt like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what? You know, I think that's one of the great things about dating a German. <laughs> He's like so direct, and he'll be like, this is what I feel. And I'm like... Okay, now I know. And then we could, we, we've just been able to really grow into versions of ourselves that we're still unique to who we are, but we keep our partner in mind because we know what our partner needs. And that goes into business too, right? Anyone that you work with, they're going to be different than you. We all have a different mind, a different heart, different experiences in our mind that make us act differently. But if you just understand each other and know what you expect of each other, you can show up better for one another in life yep. and in business. I love that. And, love and, and before we wrap things up, I, I just want to ask you one last question. Um, since now we're on the relationship topic, what did you find out? And I would say, because obviously I can tell you're a huge communicator and I can tell you and your, and your, your partner are huge communicators when it comes to everything. But what's another component that you would say, both being business owners, um, both being leaders, what would you say is another strong component that makes it work for you guys? <sighs> you need to decide, man. Like you just need to decide. And most relationships don't work out because everyone has one foot in and one foot out. And you could always pull the card of, I'm leaving. And I did that for many years. And I always wanted to be a mom and a wife. And I'm like, but I can never like have a, a good relationship. And it's because if your energy is not all in into something, it's never going to truly work out. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who it is with. Mm. And relationships are a lot less about the person and a lot more about you. And so when I chose Marcus as my partner, I had been through a series of dating just people that I was like, how did I date this person? Like, it, it makes zero sense. And my dad, again, had a very intense conversation with me. And he was like, Veronica, if you tell me more about one more loser boyfriend, we're done. <laughs> but he was like, this is the thing, Veronica. You got to understand you're beautiful. You're smart. You're successful. Any guy's going to want you. Any guy's going to come up to you, try and sweet talk you. And if you fall for that sweet talk and you have zero standards, you're going to be in a million relationships with people that don't align with you. And when my dad told me that, I was like, oh, I got to treat love more like my business and be intentional about it. So I wrote a list about what I needed my future husband to be like. And Marcus and I were friends for a year before he wanted to date me. And when he, he came in, from Germany and he was like we were hanging out he's like Veronica I don't want to be your friend I want to date you when he told me that I was like oh like I wasn't looking for a relationship but I started thinking about my list and I was like wait this would be a great candidate to build a very healthy relationship with he has the things that I need he's a nerd like me loves to learn loves nature you know enjoys the things that I enjoy this could be beautiful so we got in a relationship but I was still the old person that I was, the old woman that would treat like, oh, I don't like that, so bye. You know, and I had to grow up a lot. I had to call myself out and be like, you want to be that dream wife? You have to be the dream wife. 
To get a ring, so many girls want rings. You can't get a ring unless this guy feels like he can trust you for the rest of his life. So you can't be a nagging wife all the time. Like, you need to look at your man and be like, we're a team, you know? So at some point, it was actually last year, I did a training in Germany, and we highly focused on my the reason why I couldn't love people fully and it all came from childhood and we resolved all the traumas and I had intimacy issues like really letting people into my heart because I always felt like I had to protect myself and once I worked on myself my relationship with Marcus just like flowed so much better because I wasn't expecting things from him to fill voids for my insecurities so if you want a healthy relationship first things first you got to be a healthy human oh person is not going to make your heart they're not going to fix your heart you got to fix your own heart first so if you're struggling a lot with who you are work on you and then when you're healthy the perfect person will fall in line and it's funny because when marcus and i decided to get together he also had a lot of work to do but we decided to do the work together he looked at me and he was like okay i see all your hurt I see all your trauma and I see when it comes up why it comes up and I saw all his stuff all his insecurities and we had to look at each other at our rawest forms at our horrible broken done bad things to each other form and say are we going to forgive or are we going to move on and and date someone else and you're always going to have to forgive in life no matter who you date forgiveness is part of it because they're not going to be perfect they're going to hurt you. We hurt each other all the time without trying. That's right. So love is so complex because you have to show up as the most selfless version of you. And I had to learn that. I had to learn forgiveness. I had to learn, you know, just truly looking at him as a team and coming in with the mindset of we're going to work through everything. We're not going to run away. Running away is the easiest thing. And it was my favorite thing to do. And his, too. We were mirrors of each other. So it was really dope because he could understand me and I could understand him because we came from similar backgrounds. Um, and, yeah, I think I said a lot more than one, but I just love Powerful. That. I love that relationship topic. I love because, it. Because, man, so many it's people important. are looking for love. And they're so... In the wrong places, too. Yeah, confused, wrong methods, wrong intentions, but they still want that same thing. Like, their heart has that deep desire of... I want to be embraced, but you can't be embraced if you're breaking everything that's on mm. your way. Mm. What a way to wrap it up. I, I really love that. And I think that's yeah, so you. powerful for everybody here. The different variety of information and, and value that you brought here today, because at the end of the day, all those things is what, is what ends up making you successful. And that's what I'm, a, I'm such a huge believer in. If you want true success, you have to find out what, what are the different levels of fulfillment in your life. Because when you can fulfill those different levels, that's what success is. Whether it's, it's you know, figuring out your health, figuring out your family and friends situation, your loved ones, figuring out your, your own self-care and your business. And when you can all figure, when you can figure that out together and put it together, that's when you can say I'm a successful person. Do you, sometimes you see some happy people and you just know that they're happy, right? It's like they're radiating it. No matter how much money they have or whatever, it's, it's just like they've mastered the art of being alive and enjoying this world. And then I see some really rich people and they just feel so broken and it breaks my heart. So these are good topics. And, you know, if you're at home and you're listening and, you know, you resonated with different points, we love that for you. But also think about, like, what is the main thing that you need to mm. fix in yourself to get better results? And yeah. through every season of your life, it's going to be something different, right? So for me, 2020 business explosion now 2019 even more why because all my energy was there i knew i needed to build my empire i knew that i needed financial stability to feel good but guess what 2021 it was all about mending and fixing my heart because what's the point of having all the money what's the point of having you know the my dream car if i'm again alone another breakup because I couldn't work it out in between me and the man that I wanted. So 2021 was all about fixing my heart and it was breakthrough, but I knew what I wanted out of that year. I knew that I was ready to do the work to become the dream woman, right? So for those of you at home, what is your intention for 2021? What do you need to work on personally so that your business or your personal life can thrive in the way that you truly want it to? And every year will change. Love. That, that was Veronica. amazing. 
I just want to say thank you so much for coming on thank the you. Sweat It Out podcast today and sharing all that value, your life story, you know, the, the up and ups and downs, you know, your relationships, um, you know, and just how how you face these different things throughout your life to be to be able to become the person you are today. And I know somebody or a few people in our audience are going to be able to relate with that, use that and start creating their own success. So before we wrap it up, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? And, um, you know, how can they easily reach out to you? Yeah, definitely. So Instagram, the Veronica Bay show. Bay is B-A-Y. That's the name of my podcast. Um, season three is back. So mm. every Tuesday. Season three. Yeah. <laughs> Every Tuesday we drop a new episode. Um, and yeah, guys, just through my Instagram, usually I'm the most active. I love getting back to people. I love connecting, you know, just the way that we connected totally. online. Um, we are meant to connect with others. So don't be afraid to make the first message or do the, you know, because that's that's how we create. That's what we're doing right now. We're flowing. So thank you guys so much uh, for inviting me and to those of you guys that are listening and getting inspired, don't let this inspiration just be for right now. If something was said in this podcast that struck with you, ingrain it in your heart so that next time you're facing whatever hardship it is, you can remember that and act differently and be that new version of yourself. Amen. I love that. Thank you so much. Guys, if you got value out of this, um, you know, please, you know, do do me a favor and grab one, just one single thing from today's episode and just apply it to your life. Not tomorrow, literally the moment you get up out of your seat, wherever you're listening to this from and apply that right there and then because the quicker you take an action on it, the more that you're going to create that good habit for yourself and create success. Guys, if you really like this, leave us a like, drop a rating, a review, share this with your loved ones because the more love you show us, the more love we can show back. Till next time on the Sweat It Out podcast.